Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This podcast is sponsored by your local Hawaii Nissan dealers and HMAA. This is Hawaii News Now, first at four. There's hope, uh, there is compassion, and though we have not completed the recovery, of course, we have begun to heal. And first at four, Maui continues to heal and rebuild six months after the devastating wildfires leveled neighborhoods and claimed 100 lives. Today, Governor Josh Green said a moratorium on short-term rentals is likely not needed. That's because Maui Mayor Richard Bisson says the owners of nearly 1,400 short-term rentals have applied to house fire evacuees. We have team coverage tonight. Chelsea Davis met up with a Lahaina family whose property has been cleared of debris. But first, we start with Mahalani Richardson, who is live at the Lahaina Civic Center with an update on the government's efforts to help displaced families. Mahea. Aloha, Ash and Mark. Yes, at the Civic Center, this is where there's going to be a gathering, a prayer service, a commemoration of that devastation just six months ago. Now, earlier today, FEMA leaders, federal leaders, and also the governor, mayor, and other leaders gathered to talk about their accomplishments over the past six months and to pledge their continued support for Maui's recovery. Also earlier today, some fire evacuees went back to the burn zone to see their homes. Some say it hasn't changed much after the fires, except for some growing banana plants. Housing evacuees has been a constant challenge. Government leaders needed 3,000 short-term rentals to house evacuees, and right now they say they're almost 80% there. Now, Governor Green says he needs 500 more short-term rentals. Still, he thinks a moratorium won't be necessary, possibly, come March 1st. Because of the incredible success of the mayor's program and the effort that FEMA and DHS have done, it's not likely we'll need the moratorium and we will meet our needs by March 1st. The number of housing units uh, will meet uh, the need that the families have at this pace. We've heard stories of people from West Maui who are now forced to move because they just can't afford it given the crisis. Is it considered a failure in government when a family has to move? Now, the last thing we want is for anybody to move. We, want, we don't want people to sell their properties. We don't want people to be taken advantage of. Now, the governor says 9,800 people were displaced by those fires and 4,900 are still in hotels. Now, by March 1st, a thousand families will still be in those hotels and fire evacuees and activists say that's a government failure. There's not much that's happened since the fire or six months out. I don't see that much pro um, uh, pro progress. At the Oluwalu um dump meeting he was getting emotional and he said he's aware people are moving off island so i think he knows in his heart it is a big government failure 
Now, the governor says $500 million has been spent between the federal government, state, county, and nonprofits for housing fire evacuees. The governor also says he'd like to have all fire evacuees out of the hotels by July 1st. Also today, they talked about many of their accomplishments besides housing, which they say there has been progress. They talked about the environmental monitoring and even a school being built. Now, our Chelsea Davis has been covering this disaster from day one. Chelsea, what can you tell us about what you've seen today on this anniversary? Well, Mahia, you know, the past six months have been unforgettable and there have been just so many emotions, a mix of emotions. Some will say that there hasn't been a lot of progress and they feel like the days are so long. Well, you talk to other families and they say they feel like there has been progress in the last six months. And a matter of fact, I spoke with one family whose property has already been cleared from fire debris and they tell me they are excited and eager to rebuild backside where the kitchen is, there was another patio. Tim Medeiros tries to explain what his Wahikuli home once looked like. He built it with his own hands back in 1976. It was a home full of laughter and love. This is like the safe home. This is like, you know, for everybody, all our, our whole family, yeah. kids, grandkids. Uh, my parents, you know, they invited everybody over. It was always an open door, you know. Yeah, it was always open. Today, it's a dirt lot. Although it's empty, it's a much happier sight than what it looked like last month. When they called me, they said, oh, Mr. Medeiros, can we have permission to go on your property and clean? So I said, oh, are you kidding? She said, no. I said, when? I said, now? I said, yeah. Oh, can I come down? They said, yeah, you can come down. I'll be there. <laughs> Medeiros captured this video of crews clearing the debris from his home. They're moving pretty fast. They're yeah. moving pretty efficient. As I was surprised, I was like, oh wow, I thought it was going to take time, you know, but then the machine be loaded on a truck and bring here, but no, I think it was smiling here, ready to work. <laughs> Let's see if wow. the, everything, everything else can be efficient too. The Madarises are worried about infrastructure because they weren't connected to the county sewer system since they had a cesspool. The mayor said today no one is moving back in until proper infrastructure is in place. We are still doing the needs assessment. We're still doing, excuse me, not the needs assessment, the assessment of the, of the lines, the sewer, as well as the water. Uh, so as long as it's unsafe, we won't be allowing people to go back into their properties. An Army Corps of Engineers official said last week that dozens of properties have already been cleared since January 16th, and there are still hundreds left. So while the Madeiras family waits, they are already visualizing how their new dream home will look. Now, the community event here at the Lahaina Civic Center starts at 6 p.m. Reporting live in Lahaina, I'm Chelsea Davis for Hawaii News Now. Chelsea Mahea, thank you so much. Excellent work out there. And as the recovery unfolds, UH researchers have launched a study tracking the medical, emotional, and financial impacts of the fires. Daryl Hoff has that story at 4.30. And over the last six months, our news team has covered every angle of the disaster from the live lost to the investigation of what went so tragically wrong. Look for all of our coverage on our HNN digital platforms. Well, after refusing to leave his cell to appear in court earlier this week, Alamoana chemical attack suspect Sebastian Maquan pleaded not guilty today to attempted murder. He's accused of dousing an unknown chemical liquid on a 25-year-old Chinese language teacher last month. 
The victim, Donying Zhang, suffered critical injuries in the attack. Lakwan's trial is scheduled to begin in April. The 21-year-old accused of killing a bystander while firing shots in Watanai also appeared in court today. Corey Farinas pleaded not guilty to 12 counts, including murder, attempted murder, and weapons offenses. On January 20th, 64-year-old Andrew Kiskarin was reportedly sitting in front of his home when he was fatally shot in the head by a stray bullet. Farinas' trial is slated for April. Weather now, take you to the North Shore, give you a shot at Pipeline right now. And as the weekend is in the sights, let's check in with Jennifer Robbins on what kind of forecast we can see. How's it, Jen? And it's going to be a busy weekend. We have the Lunar New Year and also Super Bowl Sunday and both. The winds are going to be light and also really nice to be outdoors. So if you're hoping to maybe do a little jogging and then do that early and then go hit all the festivities, it's looking great. Right now, warmer, 80 degrees. That will be the trend into the next couple of afternoons. In fact, we will be seeing temperatures climb into the 80s and feeling a little bit more muggy as those winds will be backing down. Slower winds return today through Monday, a tad bit more muggy at least through Monday, and we'll have the trade winds eventually come back in the forecast by the end of next week a front could be coming our way that could bring us some north northeast winds right now a chance of showers are pretty low but then by the time we get into the end of next week that's going to be bringing up to 50 to 60 percent i'll take a deeper look at that coming up soon jonathan yes a whole lot of sunshine on your view man a whole lot of traffic to contend with right now as you look at our cameras right at the Lilihan h1 interchange you see it's going kind of busy in both directions right now we have one report of an accident in town at Liliha street and the vineyard boulevard exit be aware of that it gets red all the way from the base of the moanalua freeway and extends all the way to the h1 h2 so be aware of that it's going to take a little bit of time this afternoon and the eva plain we do have one report of an accident at maloalo street and mokuola street uh, but when you get down to kalailoa and kapolei nothing too big to tell you about. Milani, your commute time 52 minutes to Kapolei 54 and to get to Nana Cooling about 83 minutes. Mark and Ash, back to you. Here we go. Let's take a live look at Allegiant Stadium. We're days away from the showdown in Las Vegas between the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. Now, unfortunately, neither team has any players with Hawaii ties this year. But the Chiefs are still talking about a UH standout who was part of the team's last three Super Bowl appearances. Lynn Coano shows us the impact Marcus Kemp left in KC. Marcus Kemp is a free agent. The team leaders we spoke with say he is missed. Marcus Kemp's one of my favorite uh, teammates of all time, man. I mean, just someone that worked his tail off every single day. As a Rainbow Warrior, Marcus Kemp made big plays at key moments. As a Kansas City Chief, he wasn't called on often, but when he was, he showed up. Pass complete. Last year's AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. Players on all sides of the ball remember his impacts on the field and in the locker room. Marcus is great. He's been a special team captain for us. He's been an elite player for us, even on offense, sometimes filling in in the playoffs, making some big catches. He was an undrafted guy, and I, I worked with him a ton. It's crazy not to have Kemp on the team because as my journey being with the Chiefs, I kind of remember him being on the team for so long and uh, been a great addition to this team. So hopefully he finds his way back. Kemp had stints in Miami and most recently with the Washington Commanders. 
And while we're talking about Super Bowl winners who have University of Hawaii ties, earlier this week, my colleague Steve Uehara interviewed Jesse Sapolu, who won four titles with the 49ers. You can see his interview on hawaiinewsnow.com. In Las Vegas, I'm Lynn Kawano, Hawaii News Now. Mahalo, Lynn. And stay with Hawaii News Now all week for special coverage leading up to the showdown in Vegas. Steve and Casey spoke with football fans from Hawaii for the big game. We'll hear from them coming up. And remember, you can watch the Super Bowl live on KGMB kickoff set for 1.30 Sunday afternoon. Supreme Court justices appear skeptical of Colorado's effort to exclude former President Trump off of the state's primary ballot. Tyler Henry outside of the high court with the argument and the implications on the 2024 presidential race. How's it, Howard? And Hawaiian Airlines offers free Wi-Fi. I'll tell you why. In a way, it's an industry first. The Dow closed up today 49 points. The S&P 500 hit 5,000 for the first time, but closed slightly lower. You're getting your news first at four. And we'll all be right back. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza! Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This is Hawaii News Now. Well, after a year-long investigation, a special counsel is not recommending criminal charges against President Biden for his handling of classified documents following his time as vice president. The report is critical of Mr. Biden's handling of highly classified documents. Special counsel Robert Hur writes that Mr. Biden's conduct presented, quote, serious risks to national security. He decided not to bring criminal charges because the evidence does not establish Mr. Biden's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Because the president believed he was allowed to keep the documents and turn them over to investigators when asked, convicting him would require proof he intended to break the law. Her emphasized that President Biden was cooperative, while former President Trump, who was charged in a separate investigation, allegedly did the opposite. Meanwhile, the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments today that could determine whether former President Trump can run for office or hold office again. It stems from the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to ban Mr. Trump from the state's primary ballot. Skylar Henry has more. Conservative and liberal Supreme Court justices alike seemed very skeptical of Colorado's Supreme Court ruling that former President Trump is ineligible to be on that state's ballot due to his connection with the January 6th insurrection. What's a state doing deciding who gets to, um, uh, who, who other citizens get to vote for for president? Colorado relied on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment implemented after the Civil War, which says no person shall hold any office who took an oath as an officer of the United States, but then engaged in an insurrection. The framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States. The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred and president is not there. The justices largely avoided arguments about whether the former president engaged in an insurrection on January 6th, focusing instead on the ballot access. I think they are headed towards a fairly consensus ruling on what power states have to resolve this matter, but it could set us up for a big political uh, discussion later on. That's because former President Trump potentially still faces criminal trials surrounding the events of January 6th. We could have a lot of discussion and potentially disruption around the idea that Donald Trump, if he won the election in November, 
he might not be qualified to serve as president of the United States. Speaking outside of his Mar-a-Lago home, Trump called today's hearing another form of election interference. You have millions of people that are out there wanting to vote, and they happen to want to vote for me. The court is expected to issue its ruling in the next couple of weeks. I'm Skyler Henry, Hawaii News Now. To business news, Hawaiian Airlines debuts new free Wi-Fi. Howard Dykes joins us live with the details. What can you tell us, Howard? Well, guys, Hawaiian today rolled out Starlink, a satellite broadband service for aircraft offered by SpaceX. Hawaiian is the first airline to have it. The first flight flew it today from Honolulu to Long Beach. Six Airbus 321 jets have it so far. All 18 NEOs should have it by spring. Most airlines don't have free Wi-Fi of any kind. Delta and JetBlue do offer it from other providers. Starlink has 5,000 satellites in low Earth orbit. Catholic Charities today had a Hawaiian blessing for a new multi-purpose building at the Kahului Lani Senior Housing Project at 65 School Street. The new structure has offices for the nonprofit and will double as a community hub. High Steakhouse in Waikiki closes this coming Sunday for kitchen and bar upgrades. What's a High's fan to do? Well, the main restaurant will be closed, but High's crew plans a weekly pop-up at the Ritz-Carlton Waikiki until the old restaurant reopens. Guys, back to you. Thank you very much, Howard. Much more news ahead, but first look at the stories we're working on for the next half hour. Six months after the Lahaina Inferno, nearly half of fire survivors say their health is worse now than before the disaster. Daryl Hoff has the details of a new UH study. Annalisa Burgos tells us how many Hawaii public schools do not have working fire alarm systems and what the Education Department is doing about it. And a Molokai family sues the Department of Hawaiian Homelands and State Health Department over alleged mishandling of toxic materials near their property. A closer look at the complaint at 4.30. Jen and Jonathan, after the break. This podcast is sponsored by your local Hawaii Nissan dealers and HMAA. We're passionate about your health. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. 